Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the power of imagination from our world to the far off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters, miracles, and, of course, magic. We're delighted to bring this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, or preferably both, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is Of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins on Weirloom, the 11th of Lyonnais, in the year 1083 PR. The next morning, after reading the letters and realizing that Anna may in fact be the fourth princess of Westmark. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? I am on pseudo-vacation this week in that I have no camp. And today, I did nothing. I read a book. I cleaned the oven. I played video games. I made dinner. It was very lazy, and it was nice. Uh, so I'm going to take a straight roll. No bonus, no minus. In contrast, this is my first week back at work after a week of vacation, and it has been incredibly busy and kind of stressful. And when I get stressed and I'm working at my computer, I have a tendency to, like, my shoulders, they just creep up closer and closer and closer to my ears. And so for the last two days, my shoulder has really been bothering me and I'm, I'm working really hard to sit up straight with good posture and not let my shoulders creep towards my ears, but it just happens. And anyway, consequently, I am going to take a minus one because I don't feel very dexterous. It was a holiday weekend this past weekend. And what that meant was uh, somehow I ended up with both Monday and Tuesday off this week. And so I hung out with my nieces both days, both days. And at one point, I was at the park with the girls, and the littlest one wandered off into some bushes, and from the place I was sitting, I just yelled, Hey, we don't play in the bushes, please come out! And then she did. She just walked right out of the bushes. Now, I don't think it was genuinely a result of the fact that I yelled for her, because her older sister was there, and people were coming out of the bushes anyway, so she was kind of just falling around. But one of the other, one of the parents turned to me and said, Man, I wish I could get my kid to listen as well as you did. And I was like, Yeah, it's, that's not typical but i'll take it so i think i'm going to take a plus one for uh fabulous mind powers <laughs> well let's see what you roll oh. a modified five three unmodified five <laughs> well that makes me brian i am at mind over brian on both twitter and on twitch although on twitch i spell it with a zero i am playing melian barebone the changeling barbarian who typically looks like a red-headed elven man with a noticeable scar that runs from his upper lip around the right side of his face and nicks his ear. An interesting fact about Melian is that since he was 
a upper class citizen of his original tribe. He still has some funny habits, one of which is that he always has, and this will become meaningful later, he always has like some nice soaps so that in spe- under special occasions he can make himself smell good because it was a function of shifter society. Hello, I'm Sasha. I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. And my fun fact about Faileth this week is that she really enjoys cleaning her feet. Now, that seems weird because she doesn't like baths and she doesn't like soap. She doesn't like being clean. There's something very cathartic about sitting on a log with a little twig and digging the gunk out from underneath your toenails that she finds very satisfying. (laughs) You. You're welcome. I'm just not surprised. You. Not surprised. You're all very welcome. Thank you. My name's Allie, and I'm playing Cory Anaclathi Bostukface, a Goliath paladin. And last session, I revealed that Kawari had a friend named Lars. And this week, I will reveal that Kawari and Lars traveled together quite a bit. He sketched plants and animals on their travels, and Kawari thinks he was writing a book, maybe. Not sure. Quarry was really more interested in the pictures he was drawing than anything else. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. That was good. Partway through, I kind of felt like we might be in an epic western. Luckily... You were able to make camp in a rather defensible location last night. Your tents and bedrolls laying out nicely around a fire. Fulgrim and Anna had set their tents up close to yours, but far enough to offer your party some privacy. But close enough so that aid would be at hand. Both for them and for you, if needed. It is the next morning after you have read those letters and talked in hushed tones. Now, the first rays of soul have begun to filter through the leaves of the trees. Whoever in your party wishes to may be awake at this time. Faileth's always up super early, so I bet she'd be awake. Okay. Quarry is quite predictably up and reciting the lumen. Melian likes sleep. Each of you, well, not including Faileth, are still working through your discovery last night, unsure if it is true or not, and you have not had a chance to speak with Anna or Fulgrim about it. From your current location, you have about two days before you will reach Dwemer Hollow. If you are up and about in camp, Fulgrim and Anna are already both up as well. Fulgrim is off, taking care of the horses, his armor, and weapons. While Anna, it appears, is cooking breakfast for everyone. Cora's just minding their own business, saying their prayers, enjoying the sunshine. Faileth, are you up to anything in particular? Uh, I think Faileth is just sort of hanging with her pig, making sure he's got plenty of sunlight on him, making sure they're, you know, chill and happy. Even in the past few days that you've had this little pig, you think he's maybe grown a little bit? One of the most adorable and wonderful things about it, aside from how it makes a cute snuffling sound as it snorts and walks and snuzzes you, is that 
wherever it places its little paw, a little paws, wherever its hooves, hooves, pigs have hooves. It's trotters. Or, yeah, wherever its little trotters touch the earth. If there is any plants that are around it, be they plants that have died or seeds, they immediately start to grow as if under the effect of a druid craft cantrip. Ugh. He's the best wee bairn there is. As you'll also note, he looks, or she, looks like they might have a few more flowers growing on their back than they did even before. Good job, you thing. Little bloomin' buddy. I'm so proud of you. Are you just sort of like following your pig around if they're wandering around, nuzzling mm-hmm. into things? I'm just waiting. I think at this point, Faileth has started to get used to kind of how the the travel day goes and knows that she has to wait for Melian and Quarry to be ready to go anyway. So it's just enjoying the morning, following the pig around, keeping her eyes open for anything that looks shiny or stinky or fun. So as you follow the little piggy around, he snuffles around at Quarry's feet while Quarry is going through the lumen, snuffles a little bit over to near where Anna is cooking and you see her put a little bowl of water out and sort of like push it in his direction while she continues and goes back to what she's working on and he drinks up a bit of it and then he puts a hoof in and drinks the rest of it and then trots off you're probably over as your little piggy is sitting on his haunches staring up into the horse's eyes, as if having a conversation with the horses. At about the time that Quarry is finishing the lumen this morning, and that Anna is finishing breakfast, and sort of just calls out, saying that if anyone would like breakfast this morning, she's prepared some for them. <gasps> Alright, I was warming up to this lady, but now she's making food, so we're definitely on a first name basis now. What's your name? Anna. Right, Anna, you are acceptable. And I would love some breakfast. Thank you. Of course. And she offers you a a bowl. And this does not look like your normal stew for breakfast. It has this a different grain in it than you're used to. So well normally your porridge has been more of like an oat-based one. This one, it's like it's cracked wheat, some rye, mm-hmm. brown flax seeds. It's more of like a, a hot cereal kind of. It's like Red River cereal? Yeah, sort of like that. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't we hoity-toity? I love it. It also has a little bits of nuts in there and some pieces of dried fruit. Hmm. Right, then. And so she offers you a bowl, and Quarry, if you come over, she offers a bowl to you. And then she'll sort of look and go, uh, w- would Melian like some? Of course, it's food. Melian, it's food! Uh, Melian very grumbly. Grumblyly? Gets out of. Uh, rolls over and he's like, Five more minutes. Alright, but it might not be hot in five minutes. Ugh. It's the risk you're gonna have to take, Melian. I understand, Faileth. And he rolls, just like a, just like a teen, he like rolls out of his bedroll, like, ah, uh, like just loose-limbed and floppy, like, ah. Uh. 
Anna will serve up a bowl and uh, hand it out to you with a smile. Oh, my thanks. This is much better than what I would have expected from Faleth. Oi, I resent that remark. I'll make really delicious things with mud and worms. You just don't appreciate fine cuisine. As you say, I make really delicious things, Anna's like, oh, I would love to have some of your... And then you continue with mud and worms, and she just... The words die on her lips. <laughs> to cover the... The unfinished sentence, Quarry says, This is very nice, thank you. I I haven't had anything this delicious for breakfast in a long time. Everyone's coming on me today. I just feel it. I feel it like daggers in my back. Nobody appreciates my culinary skills. See if I cook for y'all again. Well, your cooking is a unique acquired taste, Faileth. That's just a polite way to say you don't like it. I'm not that naive. It's fine. Perhaps the gods are real. <laughs> oh, Melian. <laughs> I heard that. I mean, Quar wouldn't say anything, but Allie oh. heard that. And uh, Fela suddenly remembers that she doesn't like Anna because she's jealous. And so she just kind of clams up and goes, sits grumpily in the back of the cart. Uh, Anna also gives a bowl to Old Man Marsh and to Trent and one to Fulgrim, though he takes it and he goes to sit, like, where he's still keeping watch towards the road uh, while he eats so that everyone can eat in peace. And Anna sort of comes and lingers a little bit by where you're sitting, Faileth, and goes, If you'd ever like, I I could give you a few pointers with the cooking. Oh, would you? Thanks ever so. I can't help but feel like that's not very sincere. What? No. I don't even know what sarcasm is. And she sort of smiles weakly at you and... <laughs> The offer still stands. We get it. She, she smiles at her, but under her breath goes, We get it. You're perfect and everybody loves you. <laughs> and she heads on. She heads back over to the fire and sits down and continues to eat. Though slightly more dejected than usual. Aww. Faileth <laughs> would probably feel bad if she thought Anna was actually, actually cared what she thought about her. But she's far too busy being a petulant teenager. <laughs> this is surprisingly good. What have you made of it? Camp rations are rarely so good. Ah, well, and she sort of goes over, she pulls over a little, like, kit that she has. She sort of pulls it open and goes, I like to have a variety of things when I'm traveling. It reminds me of home. And... So I brought some of the things that I would normally have, and while I might usually not uh, make something warm for breakfast while we're traveling on the road uh, with friends here, I, I thought that it would be suitable. I'm, I'm well, very glad that you like it. It is much appreciated. Thank you. It's meant to be thank you. I think Quarry's says... <laughs> Noting this uh, animosity would probably, as Melian's having a nice conversation with Anna, would go over. Animosity? Oh, oh boy. Well, speaking of no. moss, speaking of <laughs> Anna and moss, Quarry is going to go start up a, <laughs> a conversation with Faileth about the fern boar, remarking, 
Oh, he really seems to like the sun. See how the flowers bloom. Yes, he's a sweet piggy darling, and he does the bit of synthesis. Well, we all do flourish under the light of soul, but he seems more visibly to benefit than the rest. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Quarry's trying! Faileth <laughs> would appreciate it if that wasn't, like, the surefire way to just really annoy her. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it's soul that's making him bloom. <laughs> Have you thought of a name for him yet? Or or her? I, I don't know. I don't know either. I've been switching back and forth between the two. And they don't seem to care much either, we. So, I don't know. I figure at some point they'll tell me what their name is. Or it'll just kind of be obvious. If that makes sense. That does, Yes, I, I think that does make sense. Do they speak to you or? No, not in the like, words way. But, I don't know. I feel like I'll just sense it. Hmm. Maybe they'll have an affinity for something in particular that will lend itself to a name. I almost called it Spider, but I decided it didn't quite fit. Hmm. When you say Spider, it sort of, like, puts its ears back? As yeah, if it, it would, like, like, growling? <laughs> like, but it doesn't like make I said, a sound. It's not the right name. Hmm. Yeah, well, you, you're right. You'll know when it's when it's the right one. Mm-hmm. I think so. Kawari, Melian, Faileth, are you guys going to do anything? Say anything else? Do you want to talk with anyone? You see, if you guys don't start up a conversation, Trent's going to start up a conversation asking about all the different things that go into it, where they grow. Like, he's going to start get he's going to start nerding out on plants. <laughs> I mean, reasonable. Quarry would finish their breakfast and then probably ask Faileth for a hand packing up the rest of the camp into the wagon. All right. So you guys begin to pack up camp. Trent begins to just nerd out on plants, mm -hmm. uh, talking about wheat and rye and like various flax seeds and the trees that nuts come from and like. Some of these things are even things that are imported from, like, from the south. Some of the nuts that you guys have in here are imported from some islands off the coast of Talren, out in the Shattered Isles, and other various things like that. And it's just a nice, wholesome interaction. And then Anna will collect everyone's plates and such, and she'll start washing them down by the river. And Fulgrim will go to stand guard over her. Melian will also head down while she's cleaning the dishes. I'm going to try and make a conversation with Fulgrim. Oh, uh, okay. Can you, can you give me a description of Fulgrim again? Because I ignored the previous one. <laughs> you thought we were going to be enemies and then never see them again, didn't you? <laughs> exactly, I really did. So I was like, whatever, I don't need to know what this guy looks like. I'm going to murder him later. I don't want to have a picture of him in my mind. If I remember correct, I said that his armor looked like it was armor that had definitely seen quite a bit of combat. It was like mismatched pieces of armor here and there, but it all fit really well together. And in some places, some of the armor looked like it was a bit more embossed or might be a bit more engraved. The shield that he carries is covered 
So there might be a sigil on it, but it's covered. Mm. Probably they do that for traveling for safety reasons. Yeah. And otherwise than that, he has a sword. He also has a couple hand axes, but he seems to favor the lance the most. Well, lance? Uh, and yeah, for physically how he looks... I really don't remember what description I gave, and I never <laughs> wrote one out. So, whatever I said previously is about to be overwritten. If there's a discrepancy, listeners, he's still the same person. It's just been changed. Uh, so he's going to have sort of like shorter, dark hair that's more of like the military cut. Mm -hmm. A bit of a beard that he seems to keep relatively well trimmed. He has a scar, but it goes across his cheek, not across his eye, and it's on his left-hand side. And I think he's missing a nick out of one of his ears. In which case, Melian will move down <laughs> uh, and, like, eye the guy up. Like, do that, that thing where he sort of like, looks him up over from toe to stem to stern. And then he's like, I see you know your weapons well and have chosen wisely. The only one I question is the lance. How can you wield something so well, unwieldy. He points back to his noble steed and goes, She does most of the work for me. All I have to do is make sure that I can aim it well enough. All the force of an appropriate steed behind a lance, there are very few people that can withstand it. Melian nods, as if he knows. He doesn't, obviously, and says, I never had the opportunity to train with a, a worthy steed. Ah, well, if you ever are in... And then he sort of pauses and goes, If you ever have the chance to uh, partake in any of the local tournaments... I fear I would be most accustomed to leaping off the horse and throwing myself into battle, as is my wont. Well, once a lance is broken, dependent on the style of competition... Combatants will usually jump down from their horse to test themselves in the field of combat directly. Or in a melee, perhaps, where you have to protect a certain individual, such as a uh, more of a King of the Hill-style situation. Or... Mm. I have often found myself in a situation where I must protect. Uh, I wonder how you find it. It is a great purpose. And you see him sort of look towards Anna. I can only hope that I remain worthy. Indeed, I have responsibility for the little one there. Not so much the pig, I don't think. He sort of raises an eyebrow, and you see him smile a little bit, and he laughs. I think I have an easier job than you. The young well, lady can be ward. quite... Oh, she can be quite, uh... forceful. She can well. certainly be a force of nature to handle, and... She is blessed by Hime, but she is often quite calm and collected when people are not in danger. Does your charge have a tendency to wander off? No, that luckily she does not, though more than one of her sisters does. Ah, uh, yes, Anna had spoken of her sisters. Ah, uh, yes, uh, her, <laughs> her second eldest sister always would be sneaking off. <laughs> that seems... if you were charged with their protection it would be quite annoying oh no I have only been charged with Anna's protection very lucky yes <laughs> but 
I would say her sneaking off did pay off. She's become an excellent swordswoman. Ah, that is quite the development. My charge seems singularly disinterested in learning to protect herself. What was her commentary about being a horrible, evil necromancer about? Something someone as young as her couldn't possibly have power. Ah, well, you see, Faileth was uh, alone in the wilderness for quite a while. Well, she developed an ability which most find quite terrifying, in that she is able to speak with those who have remained past the point of their death. Ah, she can speak to spirits like the speakers of Adrestia. Indeed. To settle the, mm, the unfinished business that those have. Indeed, although Faileth being young is still not necessarily looking... Or, uh, what, how do I want to put this? Faileth does not necessarily consider the ghost's foremost needs or wants at first. Hmm. Interesting. Has she thought of going into the priesthood? Of seeking the lady's embrace? They would likely be able to teach her considerably about her power. Uh, perhaps, but the heavy-handed methodology of the Inquisition, as well as other more martially-minded clerics in the in the sticks, have turned her opinion of clergy quite forcefully to the negative. Ah, I can understand that. Anna, Anna, as the fourth daughter, she had very little prospects. So when it was found that she had quite a gift, was a boon, a blessing. Another road, an option for her. Not just spare Oof. So she is of noble lineage, then. And Melian says it, then holds his hand up. I am not asking you to confirm her family. I simply wish to commiserate. Having worked as a Red Exile for a time, I'm familiar with the vagaries of working for a noble line. Ah, the Red Exiles. Hmm. I remember that name. Hmm. Where, where do I remember it from? You'll come to me later, probably. But he sort of nods gravely. She is a minor line, but a line nonetheless. Well, then it is to your credit that you have defended her so well thus far. I admit when we saw you in the woods the first day, when you arrived suspiciously well-timed after our encounter with the bandits, we did find your arrival somewhat suspicious. If I may be candid... Uh... To be honest, we had ridden on ahead in hopes of coming in contact with your group. We had, perhaps a a day behind you, crossed through Barrowman's. And Mm. when I heard that there was a group that had handled such a horrific ordeal, I had hoped that we could spend time closely together in the hopes that you would... It would make traveling through these darker parts easier, and Indeed. less fraught with peril. You should have mentioned... It's better to join forces. We, we would have avoided several days of suspicious dealings with each other. I, I, I do apologize, but <laughs> my lady, when the first interaction went sour, was less inclined. Indeed. Faileth will occasionally have that effect on people. It is... <laughs> It is what it is, but I have heard that there is unrest 
in Dwemer Hollow. It was stated back in Barrowman's that there was some kind of... that you needed to get back very quickly. And I, I do not mean to pry, but... Are we walking into any kind of dangerous situation, truly? The amount of imminent danger is perhaps questionable. However, there is a danger. As we found before we left, there is some plot, I believe, to disarm the guards of the city. They have been provided with weapons that are defective purposefully, and that suffer from a a deficiency that is exploitable. Oh, they can easily I, be broken? It is not that they can easily be broken, so much as that they can be broken upon command. I, I wish our compatriot Jovan were here. He was much better at explaining the danger. Ah, uh, was he the young man uh, that lays in bed clutching that a glowing green crystal of some kind? Indeed. When we passed through Barrowman's, Anna, Anna was asked to look in on him and say a prayer, but she could not rouse him either. I fear he shall not be roused for quite some time. However, I do believe that he will be roused. If the Triadrian is willing... I certainly hope, if he is a companion that you care for, that he will be returned to you. Oh, I appreciate your well wishes. It is never a good time to be separated from your... from companions that you hold in high regard or depend upon. In these times, more than most. Most assuredly. I, again, I do not wish to pry. However, I have heard Anna speak of her many sisters. I believe she said there were four of them altogether? Yes. Would it be possible for you to tell me their names without revealing the family they are from? Well, her first sister often goes by Helen uh, or Alex, and her second sister, well, most of her friends when she's out sword fighting call her Vic. And then Anna doesn't get along with her third sister. Is there a particular reason, or... Sorry. I, uh, I realize these are perhaps more personal questions than you are prepared to answer. I think perhaps Anna would be better suited to answer that. Indeed. I would be happy to speak with her about these things. One protector to another. There was a sizable bandit camp in the Darkling Woods, which we dealt a blow to, but I do not believe we ceased their operations. I only tell you this because we have intercepted some of their correspondence, which we were reading on the on the eve. I must speak to the paladin, but I believe we may have some news we might wish to communicate with you. He looks concerned, but very interested. And then Melian excuses himself and heads <laughs> directly for Quarry. As you head towards Quarry, uh, he goes down closer to Anna, and they start conversing quietly. And you will reach Quarry. What, Quarry, what are you doing? Are, are you on, like, the far side of camp, packing things up while Faelith's closer to the wagon? I think Quarry would probably try to keep Faelith busy with tasks near the wagon, in the hopes that that means that Faelith is less likely to wander off. Or that the pig is less likely to wander off, either way. But would just be kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, tidying up, putting out the fire, packing the last of the things. All the little little things that need to be done. Before this conversation happens, Sasha, can you roll me a d20? I sure can. Three! Okay. Your passive perception is an eleven. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
you'll notice something soon. <laughs> oh, good! That's not <laughs> ominous. That's excellent. That's not, great. Not ominous. That seems very good. Yeah. Yep. It's gonna go well for me. It's all right. No one likes Phelan anyway. She can die. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> no. Melian would be I'm beside kidding. himself. I'm kidding. Phelan is obviously everybody's favorite. <laughs> I'm kidding about that too. <laughs> Anywho's up. Oh, yeah, I'll start writing my obituary. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, so Corey's just, you know, busying themselves tidying up the camp. Probably not expecting old man Marsh or Trent to be much help, so with every they are a they are a considerable amount of help. Oh, so good. like non-combat related things, they can be really useful. Okay. I okay. just don't want to play them in combat. That's fair. That's absolutely <laughs> I don't want to have to try and also balance that into the encounter. So Well yeah, and then yeah, anyway. Uh yeah. So I don't I know. I guess Corey... that seems reasonable. If it has to be that way. Um yeah, then I guess Quarry would be kind of directing people trying to get things ready to get back on the road. Paladin, if you have a moment? Uh, yes, of course, Melian. What is it? Melian will rattle off the names of the sisters because he can't remember what the names that he needs to remember are. Oh. Allie was not prepared for that. Let me just go to the other document that has all the names in it. So, there's... Helen, Sophie, Anne... And I want to say the other one's name is Irene. Only now I don't see it. Yeah, she actually, she she had actually mentioned her sister Irene at one point. That was the one that I knew. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then the other, uh, then Quar would say, I believe the names we had in the letters were Helen, Sophie, and Anne. All of whom were mentioned by uh, Fulgrim as being sisters of Annas. Then it seems to me that perhaps we are traveling with a princess in disguise. Hmm. That is troubling news, I will admit. She must have some reason for not wanting her identity to be known, perhaps for safety on the road. Indeed. We do know that those bandits were intending to target. Mm-hmm. I would like to share with her some of the information that we've gathered. I did say that to Fulgrim that we would perhaps have something to reveal to him mm. once I had spoken to you. Excellent. Excellent. Ha- however, as the ranking officer, it is, of course, your decision whether we make any such... Oh, I I consider us equals, Melian. I think... I, I would like to share the information with them, as I believe they may be heading into more than they know. My only concern is, if they are traveling in secret, do you believe it is a secret that Faileth could be trusted to keep? I... I would not feel comfortable keeping such a thing from her. Although, we must stress that it is indeed meant to be secret. Yes. All right, well, uh... Perhaps we should talk on the road. We need to be in Dwemer Hollow as soon as we can, but I do think that... You're right, and we should share this information that we have. Indeed. Well, then we'll, we can we can start the discussion once we've begun our way. Certainly. It is at this point in time that Faileth turns, looks about, and then begins to frantically look through the cart 
in case she has put something on top of the small little fern boar, because she can't seem to find them. Okay, alright. Are you under here? No? Oh, you little scamp, you've wandered away and being hoisted on my own damn petard. Okay, let's see if we can find any little piggy hoofprints. Uh, I'm gonna look around for pig tracks and for spots that are especially flowerful. Excellent. So you can choose to either give me a perception check with advantage or a survival check with advantage. Let's see what I'm better at. See, perception is plus two, survival is plus two, so it doesn't matter. Uh, first one is a ten, second one is a six, so let's go with a ten, that's a twelve. Okay, uh, so looking about, it, it takes you a little bit, but then you notice that under the cart, there are a couple small little tracks, but they're actually where mushrooms instead have come up in, this, in the dark. And they go across, and then you see little patches of flowers that have come up, and... As you begin to follow them, are you just going to follow them or are you going to call out to Melian or anyone? Uh, no, I'm just going to follow them and call out to the pig. Come here, Snufflebat. Where'd you go? So you begin to go looking and, and you see them. They sort of go out into the forest a little bit and then they wander around a tree. And then they wander a little bit of ways and they wander around another tree. And eventually, it's maybe after about like three minutes. It's not that far from camp. You find a clearing and you're at the edge of the clearing and you can see the fern boar. And the fern boar is walking around the clearing making a little design. A beautiful little design sort of like pop up and grow. There you are, you scamp. Maybe that's what I should call you, scamp. Alright, what are you drawing then? I wander into the camp to see what uh, design they're making. Can you give me an arcana check? Sure. Hey, I'm good at that. Uh, that's a 13 plus 4, so 17. Okay, so as you're sort of looking at it, you... And can you also give me a nature check? Nature? Sure. What do I have for that? Not as good. Uh, that is an 8 plus 1, that is a 9. Well, so you don't recognize a lot of the flowers, to be honest. The flowers that are coming up here look out of this world. They look almost unnatural. They're larger. They're in different colors. Some of them have striations of colors going across them. The leaves look inverted on some. They look really cool and weird. And as you see the pig, and it's slowly, it's, it's made like a circle, and then it's made like another circle, and then it's making a des and it's made like a little design in between them, and then in the center of it, it's sort of made like another little design, and you feel like if you could get higher up and look down, you might be able to see what this is? But from what, from the ground, it's really hard to fix, see and figure out. Fairless gonna get sucked into the Feywild. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, she has a... As she's she's looking at me, she goes, hmm. She looks around. She hasn't paid much attention to her mother recently. Is she here? Give me a flat D20. 18. As you look around, you are like, where's my mom? Where's my mom? And then you sort of glance down at the skull, and your mom's gone into the skull. She looks at the skull and goes, is this you, ma'am? No, it wouldn't be. I was going to get taken by the fairies and beasties you'd be pretty upset about it i bet since probably not a place you want me to go so maybe i should go 
And then you hear your mom's voice. It goes, Oh, you're not gonna get taken by the beasties. Ugh, you're no fun. Alright, let's climb a tree then. I'm gonna climb up into a tree and see what I can see. Okay. So, give me an athletics check. Not great at that. Not great at that. <laughs> uh, the late Faelith uh, got a four. Oh, well, so, it's the four, let's just say it's... Even if this tree was really, really easy to climb, you're having a hard time doing it. But you do get up. You, it takes you just a really long time. Everyone else, camp has been completely packed up and Faileth is nowhere in sight. Uh, Marsh, Trent, you didn't see where Faileth went, did you? She... You see Trent and he points down. He's a, she, she climbed under the cart. Cory looks under the cart. <laughs> you see little, like, spurts of mushrooms that have grown up under the cart. Hmm. The pig is missing as well. Sorry, I, I must have been distracted. That's alright, it's it's not your job to keep Faileth here. Um, Melian. Indeed. I think our wanderer has gone wandering. As per usual, I will follow her out into the woods. I can't imagine we'll be gone long. Perhaps uh, some of us should accompany you. How much trouble could she possibly have gotten into? Well, the, the woods Why are... would you say that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the woods can be a surprisingly dangerous place. I think that it it may be better if if some of us go with you. And Quarry will look at Fulgrim and Anna and say, Would you be willing to stay here with Trent and Marsh while we find Phelan? Uh, of course. If, if there's anything that you need, if there's any way we can help, please, please let me, please let us know. We will, thank you. Sorry for the delay. Melian, if you don't mind, I I would like to accompany you. As you wish, Val. There's mushrooms here. Perhaps if we follow the tracks of of the pig and Faileth together, we should be able to find them. Hmm. The pig. Indeed. Is that like a survival check? Yes, please. A survival check to track... Uh, but because you are following a rather clear trail, please have advantage. Good. A 13. Oh, well, 8. Okay. So, you guys will be following the trail, and we'll flip back to Faileth. So, Faileth, you've climbed the tree, and you're looking down. And what this boar has drawn is it's a large circle with a smaller circle, and then there are 12 circles around it, and then overlapping some of those circles are four larger circles that overlap again in the center, and there are these small little symbols scattered all throughout it. All right. This is interesting. Do I recognize it? As you're sort of looking at it, you get this almost woozy feeling and you briefly stagger a little bit and then your eyes close and as they reopen you almost feel like there's that there's something on your skin and you brush it away and as you look out 
you briefly see the entire forest around you, but none of the trees have leaves. There is no vegetation, there is nothing. It is just a long stretch of skeletal trees covered in, in some places, ash, in other places, dust. You see salt encrusting some of them, and this strange hollowness. And then, as you sort of reel from that, there's almost a flip in the world. And you see the same, but now some of the trees have been replaced with these weird, rising almost... They look almost like seaweed, but they have cascades of bubbles and steam swirling up around them. Well, others, there's trees that are consistently being struck by lightning. Trees that are made of metal and crystal and glowing and glimmering with light. And then the world sort of almost flips again and you're back where you are. But this time, you're suddenly sitting on the ground in one of the circles. And the little boar is looking up at you. Well, that was weird. Did you see that too? She sort of steps up to you, preens a little bit, wiggles, like shivers his whole whole being all the way from the tips of his piggy nose to the end of his curly tail, and then falls over asleep in your lap. <sighs> I suppose not. Oh, it's passing odd, though. Wonder what that was about. Well... I guess it's not important. And then you suddenly hear, just at the very edge of your hearing, dust. Oh, not that again. Come to me. Who are you? I am where you began. Come to me and I will tell you everything. Show me the way then. How am I supposed to come to you if I don't know where you are? At the, at the moment that you say that out loud, the skull suddenly glows and your mother appears and forms and looks as if she had almost been put to sleep. Like she's groggily rising and she's going, what's going on? What, what's, what's going on? And then she sort of looks about and you see her sort of reach out and the ground just dies. And then she flies down her face and she clutches yours and goes, Do not answer her. Do not go to her. But she wants me to. The voice that you were hearing was masculine. He, he, it's not a she, ma'am, it's a he. Her eyes go wide. He shouldn't be able to talk to you. Where? Is it my father? Where? Is my father calling me? She sort of backs up. I don't know how he can. Mum, is it my father? Your father is dead. He can't call to you. You don't know that. He's as good as dead. That's not the same thing. If he was dead, I'd be able to talk to him. Not where he is. What's that supposed to mean? 
Something should never be let out. What did he tell- These aren't answers, Mom. What, what did he say to you? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Then why did you call out? We were just having a friendly chat. Are you still sitting down, or have you stood up or anything like that? No, I'm still sitting in the circle. Okay. This whole thing loads very poorly. A friendly chat? Mm-hmm. There's nothing friendly about your father. Oh, you know I'd know that if I knew anything about him. But you said that wasn't my father. So which is it, Mum? Was that him, or was it not? It's probably just one of her tricks. No. If you hear that voice again, don't answer it. Whose tricks, Mother? If I'm not allowed to talk to her, you have to let me know who she is. She wants me dead, which means she wants you dead as well. You're already dead, Mum! Perhaps the word destroyed would be more apt. Obliterated. Erased. Don't you understand? That when you tell me nothing, I can't make the right choices. There will come a time. There, there, there will be a time when you will be ready. But I don't believe that that's this time. I can't. Then what am I supposed to do? Nothing. Ignore it. Pretend I'm not seeing the things that I'm seeing. The the dust and the decay and the world falling apart and being strange and different than it is. I'm not supposed to do anything about that. I'm just supposed to let it happen. I'm supposed to blindly walk down the roads that might be leading me closer to whatever it is you're so damn afraid of me finding. And I'm not supposed to have any answers or any knowledge about myself or what I'm doing or where I'm going or why you won't tell me or why you don't trust me. And that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to just let it happen and hope that I don't end the world or whatever this dust thing is before you decide that I'm ready. I just don't want you to get hurt. I've already been hurt, Mom. I've been hurt my whole life. Try finding a time when I wasn't hurt, maybe. Your mother sort of looks taken aback. Stunned. Just because I look like I'm okay with it doesn't mean that I am. I... I did everything. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't enough. You're not enough for me. And I know that's mean, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but it's true, you're dead. And I, I thought that was normal, the way everything was. But it's not. It, some children have parents that hold them and teach them about the world and guide their hands. And I, I never had that. And now I have this. I have these people. These are the only people I have. And they're the only ones who've ever been anything more than a voice to me. And I know that's not your fault. But if I can protect them from whatever this is and I don't, Mom, I can't be alone again. I can't do that anymore. You can't 
leave me like this forever. She reaches out to touch you. To try and pull you into an embrace. That's great. But you're still just whispers on my skin. Are you gonna push her away? No. As her arms come down around you, you surprisingly feel much more weight there than you've ever felt before. As if she's actually physically here. What? How are you doing that? Doing what? You're... You're... You're touching me. I feel you. How are you doing that? Why haven't you done that before? There's a little... Snort that comes from the little piggy as he looks up at you. Is it him? Is he making you real? Your mother sort of actually looks at her hand, and while she still has sort of like billowy ethereal energy coming off of her, she looks like a physical person standing in front of you. Like an adult version of Fela. Though her face is a little different. Her hair is longer, and as you're thinking this through, the only thing that you can think of is that maybe whatever this large symbol is, is doing enough to give her a physical form, at least for now. Mom? She reaches out her hand and puts it against your cheek and goes, Oh, Faith. Mom? Don't go away. I'm never going away, baby. You've never really been here either. I'm never going away. What if this stops? What if I leave this circle and you're just there again? Maybe you'll find a way. Maybe this is... And she puts her hand down and motions towards the small pig. Maybe this was your gift. You helped a spirit. And they're helping you. Maybe. But... But what? My sister will try to kill you. So, I do have a family out there. They just don't want me? Your father lies in a prison. I had hoped that he had died by now. Because you hate him? Or because you want him to not be hurting anymore? Because he's been imprisoned for even before I was born. Hold up, Mum. You had sex with a prisoner? That's badass! <laughs> she sort of cracks a smile and goes, uh, It was a bit more complicated than that, but... You rebel, you! Your father's name, if it's spoken, will draw the attention of my sister. That's why I can't tell you what it is. Just like if I told you her name, it would draw attention. She would send her dust riders. Okay. I believe you. I believe that you can change it. That you can fix what's wrong. And that's why she'll try to kill you. She'll say many things. Most likely all of them lies. She'll do anything she can to win you over. Thank you for telling me. And then she just holds you. And it's as Phaelus' mother is holding her that uh, Kuari and Melian, you guys come upon the edge of a clearing. And this clearing is 
dead. Every piece of vegetation has died. Every tree around around it in a ring has died, has begun to lose their leaves. They are even, it looks like, falling apart into dust. And Faileth is in the middle of it, hugging a woman. A woman that you think was that ghostly woman you saw holding Phala's form back in Barrowman's. But this woman looks like she's in the flesh. Paladin, tell me what I am seeing. I wish I knew, but I don't like it. That woman looks like the shade of Phala's mother, but she should not look so alive. Perhaps it is some fell magic that has drained of the life of the surroundings to power some conjuration of Phelan's mother? Perhaps. Quarry doesn't draw their weapon, but is very tense. The question becomes whether or not it will be safe to enter the Circle clearing. of death? Perhaps we should call to Phelan from here. Phelan! Have you met my mum? Are you alright, Faileth? <laughs> no! <laughs> yes? Faileth, may I remind you that those are two conflicting answers? Yeah. But they're both very true. Has this woman done something to harm you, Faileth? No. It's my mum. Faileth, your mother is... Cannot... Look She's dead, she yeah. Does. I know. I know. I know. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. Uh, we think uh, some sort of spell, maybe, uh, that my pig did. That maybe when she's in the circle, she can be real. Cass, do we see the circle? Everything looks like it is decaying into dust in this area. So the circle's not visible anymore. Give me a perception check. In that one. Yeah, no, you you can't see. Some of the dust is even sort of kicked up a little in the wind. A swirl. I got a 19. Oh, good. You, on the other hand, see a sort of like faint glow to the ground. Oh. It's sort of like this burnished orange, dusty glow almost. I see the markings. I do not, but I trust your eyes, Melian. Melian will point them out. Can't, uh... hmm. The woman looks towards you and goes, it has been a long time that I have watched over Fela, that I have seen both of you in both your own ways. Watch over my daughter, over my Fela. Thank you. I do not do it for you. She will continue to need your protection. Why? Because this is a tumultuous world things are. I see we're back to being vague. Things stand at a precipice. Doors that can be opened. Regimes can rise and fall. Kingdoms. They may burn. An old order may be broken. I am beginning to think Faileth is right and I do not enjoy this cryptic. I concur. If you know of what we face, tell us that we might the better prepare ourselves. 
Good goddamn luck with that one. 15 years it took me to get a straight answer out of this woman. Which I'm grateful for. Please don't take it back. What you face now is but a prelude of what's to come. I do not know the answers. I have helped you as much as I can with what you deal with now. But then she sort of looks to Faith and goes, But blood calls to blood. And a choice will need to be made. Yeah, apparently I've got an evil aunt. Huh, don't we all? <laughs> oh, do you have an evil aunt too, Melian? Well, perhaps evil is overstating it. Mine would like to kill me. And my dad's in jail. My mum banged a jailbird. Did not need to know that. I know things about my dad now. Isn't that great? Indeed, I am quite happy for you. And my mum has hugged me and all. That's been a pretty good day. <laughs> well, Phelo, this is not the first time. That my mum's hugged me. Yeah. Well, the last time you were unconscious. Excuse me, what? Do you- do you look at your mom or do you look at Melian when you say that? Uh, both of them, like, <laughs> um, the fuck, guys? Your mom sort of looks sheepish. Melian is just, like, when you, why are, I don't understand why you're confused. Because that's definitely a thing that happens. Did we not tell you about it? She had a physical form. And you didn't tell me! Oh, I, I, I wasn't physical like I am now, but I did use a considerable amount of... My remaining power to manifest and to help ward you and to hold you in my arms. Okay, great. Glad I was unconscious for that one. Excellent. Delightful. Thank you. Let's ruin the wonderful moment that I was having. Great. Thanks, Mum. This. This. And you sort of see your mom sway. And then she collapses. I guess she has to go back to being whatever she was. Faileth kneels down next to her and awkwardly pats her hair and then goes around and starts scuffing the remains of the circle with her feet. So as you sort of stand up, you notice that the symbol underneath you has actually been glowing really brightly. And as you stand up, it begins to dim. Uh, can I make a note of what the symbol is? I could potentially recreate it. Of course you can. Cool. And as you're now looking around, you can see that basically everything in this area has turned to dust. Except your little piggy. And your mom. And you. Great. More dust. That's not creepy or weird at all. And your little piggy basically, like... You're, you're carrying, because every time you go to put the piggy down, he, he squeals as if he doesn't want to touch the ground. That's fine, love. I don't really want to be touching this ground either. Come on. After a few moments, as you scuff the sigil, your mom's body seems to go, become more ethereal and more ethereal as it is, until she completely fades away. Well, that was an adventure. You feel a little bit of a presence form in the skull, but very weak and diminished. You return to camp. Anna and Fulgrim look concerned, and you realize that all of you are covered from head to toe in a thick layer of dust. I mean, Quarry's not. Yeah, Quarry's not. Uh, it's already <laughs> floofed off of Quarry magically. Seemingly, Quarry is the only one not covered in a very 
thick layer of dust. Which probably just makes it more weird and concerning. Yeah, there's some looks that go between you guys. And there's an inquisitive look that goes to, like, Quarry's armor and then to Melian from <laughs> Fulgrim. Like, huh? Ah, it seems our adventure has left us a little... Well, some of us. A little... Dusty. It's a whole thing. Don't even ask. Shall we get on our way? Or, uh, Melian, Faileth, perhaps you'd like a moment to... Wash? Quarry looks mischievously at Faileth. Mom, great, thanks. Faileth, perhaps we should prestidigitate as we have in the past to avoid suspicion. I suppose so. She kind of is looking over at Anna from the corner of her eye, like, it's very obvious that she's been crying a lot and she doesn't want Anna to notice. She's trying to pretend she's super cool and tough. Does her spell. It's like keeping a side eye, like, did you see? Are you impressed with my magic? Also, but I don't care that you like my magic, because I hate you. But also, did you see it? It's cool, (laughs) right? Oh, fail it. Anna smiles, and she does notice your magic, and you see her eyebrow go up like, oh. And then she probably thinks about how she didn't need to clean the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) Melian, completely oblivious to any of that, is just like standing there waiting for Bailiff to prestigitate him. Like, I'm also covered in dust. She cleans Melian. Ah, my thanks. Yep. And with everyone clean, uh, you guys can load into the cart and go on your way. Excellent. Quarry would probably wait for a moment when, you know, Marsh has dozed off and Trent looks particularly intent in watching the plants as the wagon goes by. Trent is really intently watching the a tiny little it almost looks like a rosebud but it can't be a rosebud because of the way that the curly corkscrew of the tail is Mm. but at the very tip of the tail a sort of almost rosebud like flower is slowly growing and blooming before your eyes oh wow amazing this little pig is so adorable just as the flower is about to open, the pig sort of does some scratching, and then like a dog notices it has a tail and starts to chase it, and then chomps the flower off. <gasps> and then just looks at Faileth, chewing. What are cute uh, That's alright. I was waiting for it to, you know, notice it, sniff it, sneeze, and put us all to sleep. Melian uh, <laughs> spends most of the morning, like all mercenaries do, uh, dozing in his saddle, catching up on his beauty sleeps so that he's well rested for the next battle. How close is Anna riding? How close would you like her to be riding? I mean, fairly close? <laughs> yes, she can be fairly close. Perfect. Lady Anna. Yes, Sir Quarry? I don't wish to pry into your business, but... It occurs to me that perhaps you might be traveling in disguise? Very subtle. (laughs) Corey is not a subtle person. Really just slid that into the conversation, didn't you? Yeah, I sure did. (laughs) Anna throws her head back, uh, her 
sort of the, the hood of her cloak falling back and with a laugh and she looks at you and goes aren't we all doesn't everyone put on masks I am not practiced at beating about the bush so perhaps it would be better if I got to the point I have some information that I believe Princess Anna would benefit from. Information about a separatist uprising and a threat to Dwemer Hollow. But of course, if you're not Princess Anna, it would be ill-advised of me to share this information with you. Then we come to a conundrum, do we not? Indeed. If I am Princess Anna, then I would not reveal myself to you. But if I am not Princess Anna, and I am curious, then I would. But you cannot be sure either way. You are right, I cannot. But you are a follower of Hime, and I am a follower of Soul. And these are things that I believe we both take quite seriously. So I will swear to you, on soul, before soul, that if you are Princess Anna and you tell me, I will not reveal your identity. But you must swear to me, before Hime, what your true identity is. She looks like she's pondering. And then she pauses her horse. Kawari just also stops their horse. <laughs> and then the, the cart goes by. And then so does Melian. Like, Kawari, <laughs> you see Anna open her hand. And she says a brief prayer to Hime. And she looks to you and says, You swear it upon soul. Yes. But will you swear it upon the grace of the Triatrian? And as she opens her hand, you feel this almost, like, weird aura. This mm. zone, this, like, sphere <laughs> almost expand mm -hmm. out from her. Can you make a charisma saving throw? You can elect to fail this saving throw. Oh, I elect to fail the saving throw, and Quarry says, I take nothing more seriously than an oath before soul, but if you wish it, I swear before the Triadrian. Then for your honesty... I am Princess Anna Maria Jimena Marcanalia, fourth princess of Westmark, Duchess of the Dwemerlands, Lady of the Order of the Heavenly Hearth, Keeper of the Peace of the Northern Reach, and Protectress of the Commons. Your Majesty, it is my unfortunate duty to deliver to you the direst of warnings. As I said, there is a separatist plot at work here in the Dwemerlands, and my companions and I have reason to believe that it is significantly advanced. As a protector of Dusk, you may know I would not normally concern myself with worldly politics, but I am greatly concerned that many innocent people will fall victim to this plot. And perhaps... Perhaps some already have. On this journey, you've become one of our companions, and I would not like to see you hurt. 
and I do believe that the events that we have gained some knowledge of indicate that you may be in grave danger. <sighs> We've come across some information during our investigation into the missing children in Dwemer Hollow, which I believe my companion, Melian, has told you something about. There are some things that I would like to tell you, and, and then there are some papers that I have that I would like to show you. The first thing is the council, as perhaps you have heard from Melian, has recently replaced all of the guards' weapons. She'll raise one hand and say, I think that my champion should hear this as well. Then may we also invite Melian. He already suspects who you are. Of course. I trust him. As do I. Well, I was going to go, ooh, but then Corey ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I guess you guys will maybe pull, like, are you going to continue riding while you talk about this? Maybe, like, a distance away is in front of the cart? Or are you going to pull the cart off to the side of the road and have this conversation? She's already stopped us, right? So the, the, the horses and the cart and everything have gone on ahead of us, haven't they? Yes. Okay. So, I think Corey's preference would be to keep going. Because... We're in a time crunch. The faster we get to Dwemer Hollow, the better it is for everybody. Okay. So you'll meet back up with the cart. Uh, are you going to bring Faileth onto a horse to be part of this conversation as you go a bit further ahead? Or are you leaving Faileth in the... Cora would probably leave that up to Melian, as Melian knows Faileth better. She's not going to want to ride a horse. <laughs> True. Shall Quarry pick up where they left off, or did, did you want to say something? So Fulgrim, when she reveals that she informed you, will be will basically be like, ah, mm. No! Million <laughs> <laughs> rides up just in time for the no. Can I hear any of this? You probably hear a bit of it, Faileth. At least Fulgrim's loud exclamation no! of dismay. Oh, someone's being real dramatic over there, Vess. Do you think you like that? Shall I call you Vessel? I thought you might. It's the, the pig's little, name. It's Vessel. The little pig just sort of nuzzles into you. And preens. Because you're my little vessel. You're my conduit between this world and the land beyond. Yes, you are. Little vess. Okay, non-pig related things can happen again. <laughs> Adorable pig related <laughs> things must always trump everything else. He's yes. so cute. Sorry, so Fulgrim's Fulgrim. upset. Fulgrim uh, is Melian upset. rides up just in time for Fulgrim to be acting upset. He's like... Wh Why? What? Why would you reveal your identity? Whose identity? Quarry, have you told them something? Have you have you explained that you are a paladin of salt, son, finally? Because that, <laughs> that was some information that had gone unremarked upon for too long, I believe. Quarry 
is always so deadpan, but that this they actually smile and chuckle. <laughs> oh, Melian, you have a wonderful sense of humor. <laughs> Melian just stares at you all, all puzzled, like, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, Corey looks to Anna to let Melian in on the secret. Quarry has sworn not to tell anybody. Anna uh, takes this almost as like a test of your hmm. uh, of your oath and seeing that you do not reveal, she will turn and say I must apologize for this subterfuge, but I travel under the name Anna Kelther in honor of my late father Prince Consort Jovan Cedric von Keltherid. I am Anna Marcanalia, fourth princess of Westmark. Does Fulgrim look like he's gonna have an aneurysm? He has gone red in the face, but his lady has chosen to reveal this of her own accord, and while he may have choice words with her later concerning her safety, he can't, he won't undermine her authority or do anything like that in this moment. Good guy. He is a duty-bound knight. Melian, I was just... Once the princess had confirmed her identity, I had begun to tell her some of what we had learned, but she wished for Fulgrim to hear it, and I wanted you to be here as well. Ah. Well, I appreciate you involving me. Princess, if I may. Please, continue. The information that we have gathered, as we have um, been investigating other things, is well as follows. First, the Council has recently replaced all of the Guard's weapons, and these weapons all come from a single source. This may be hard to credit, but we have found that the weapons contain monsters of ice and steam that can be released to attack all in the vicinity when the weapons are broken. I know that it is very improbable sounding, but if you doubt what we say, then we can prove it to you when we arrive in Dwemer Hollow. Not all of the counselors were in favor of purchasing the weapons, but enough were. Some recently have fallen on hard times, we've been given to understand, and perhaps they were merely bought, but perhaps they are part of whatever sinister plot is unfolding. We believe that the weapons come from deep in the Dwemer Mount, and are delivered to the bandit camp in the forest. Then the bandits bring the weapons into Dwemer Hollow by boat. We encountered the the, uh, the bandits closer to Dwemer Hollow, on the outskirts, at the property of Old Man Marsh. But it appears that their headquarters is in the woods. They're led by a separatist named Sir Jared. And when you say Sir Jared, you see Fulgrim suddenly look really angry, and you see Anna's face sort of like go deadpan, like controlled she has choice words and Fulgrim bursts out the queen should have cut off his head when she had the chance 
an opinion you will not find argued here. No. Sir Jared leads these bandits who are also separatists. He is apparently some... a motivational speaker who has stirred the interests of these people, believing that he will lead them to a better life. They seek to overthrow the monarchy and place Sir Jared on the throne. When you say that, they sort of look and a note passes between them and Fulgrim looks to you and goes, Are you sure? He was never a strong speaker. In fact, he had quite a stutter when he was in court. Is there... There must be... Does he, is there perhaps... A, that does not sound like Sir Jared. He has... We know very little about this aspect, but he did have someone working with him who who had seemed to have someone more powerful still behind him. And perhaps Sir Jared is receiving help. But Marsh, the man who travels with us, he is a counselor from Dwemer Hollow who was kidnapped by the bandits in an attempt to bring him around to the bandits' way of thinking. But his absence also allowed for the sale of the weapons. We have also learned that the magistrate of Dwemer Hollow is slowly being killed. It is made to look like some incurable illness, and the church can seem to do nothing to heal him, but... Anna puts her hand up and goes... He's not dead. We received official letter by seal and note that he was dead. That is why I was dispatched. He was, to our knowledge, not dead when we left Dwemer Hollow. But we do know that his death is intended to lure the queen or one of her daughters to Dwemer Hollow, which is why I believe that you may be in very grave danger. But I have one more thing to share, and Quarry will pull the letters out of their pack where they've been safely stowed. If possible, I would like to have these back as they confirm some of our concerns about the weapons, but as you will read, it appears that your sister, the Princess Irene, is somehow involved in all of this. We've learned that Sir Jared intends to marry her, and for the two of them to rule together once this plot of his is completed. I don't know if she is his pawn or a fully informed participant, but it appears that she is at least an active supporter of his plot, as you will see in the papers, and Quarry hands them over. She begins to read through it, and as she does, you see her hands clench more and more, and then she hands them to Fulgrim. And she puts one hand to her brow, and then she looks at you, looks first to Quarry and then to Melian, and goes, Thank you. I had not thought that Irene would go this far. We have had our differences in the past. Certainly. As the paladin has mentioned, it is perhaps possible that she has been uh, mi misinformed or 
perhaps even manipulated by this Jared. Sir Jared's father, Henrik of Bakram, he was Eren's protector. When he died, Sir Jared was past the position. To think that it would go this far, to think that she would try to remove Mother. What do you plan to do with this information? We have much to share with... Well, we are currently working somewhat for Lord Buchanan. Our intention was to report to him all that we had found about the Separatist plot and to bring it forward to the Council, if necessary. But we have many other things about the disappearances of the children, about the operation of the Cult of Bliss in this area, and numerous other things that must be dealt with when we return to Dwemer Hollow. Alicia's husband. Yes. Alicia is a distant relative of mine. Their son is one of the ones that has gone missing. You see this look of sorrow cross over her face, and she looks at you and... Oh no, I cannot comprehend how Alicia must feel. Though the proclamation has not been made public, I carry with me a proclamation by my mother that appoints me as the Duchess of the Dwemerlands. As Duchess, I am in... I am the authority over these lands now. She made this... She gifted these lands to me to ensure that I would be able to see to them as I wished and to appoint a new high magistrate in Dwemer Hollow. But with this I am now more concerned about the common people and with the council as a whole. If there are those upon it that would seek to aid this traitorous uprising, to dabble in foul magics, to take children from the homes that they deserve to be in. Please tell me everything you can about each of them. I would know which of them are on my side. For do I need to take complete control of the city and assume the mantle of command? Or can I trust through them that anything will be done? Behind me, some week, perhaps more, comes a small battalion. Small, perhaps, is a relative term. I have an honor guard of 800 soldiers, but they are a week or so behind. I left them in Berriman's. Some will remain there as a new garrison, but also to get them back on their feet and to help clear a portion of the forest on the way. I can tell you what Lord Buchanan told us about the positions of the various council members, but I do not know any of them personally, and I know very little about them. Would this information assist you, or would it be better for you to speak to Lord Buchanan? I worry that... I worry that if I are to... that I arrive and speak directly to Lord Buchanan before coming before the council to inform them of my all of them of my arrival that it will only further alienate some which may perhaps be able to be our allies mm-hmm. I do not know the current political structure or landscape you say that you will present your findings to the council yes but I would request that you do not reveal my identity as you have sworn an oath 
Let me instead view and witness as you present your case. Let me see who stands against you, who twists your words, and who stands for truth and justice. A wise decision, your majesty. Your highness will suffice, but please call me Anna. I am not the queen. Long may she reign, and I most certainly hope that my sisters, at least Helena and Sophia, survive whatever Eren's depredations are. As do I. And I. Is there anything else that we can tell you that would help you? I do not know. I truly do not know. You see her, she sort of rests her hand on her forehead, pulls her cloak a bit closer around her as she looks about. I worry that this is only the beginning. What other plots has my sister set in motion? I wish I could send word to my mother. Could warn her. Then you do not think she is an unwitting pawn? A few days before I left, there was an attempt on my life. It is one of the reasons that my mother sent me, and that I have traveled in secret, with the army being sent to, instead, clear the pass, and make their way to Dwemer Hollow, not at my behest, but at the behest of one of our generals. Tell me more of what you know of this force that stands behind the movement. And of the players within it, you've mentioned Jared, but are there any others aiding the bandits? How do these weapons come... How, how were they disseminated across the city? I'm afraid as this is not what we were primarily investigating, our information is not as complete as I'm sure you would wish it to be. But I can furnish you some further details, and Melian, perhaps you will be able to supply where my memory fails. A merchant by the name of something Quent. Jasper. Jasper Quent. Indeed. It is he who has, dis has distributed the weapons across the city. She looks to Fulgrim. Fulgrim looks to you and goes, and then describes a man. Of course, you've never seen Jasper Quent. So you have no idea what he looks like. But then they share that that a man that went by the name of Jasper Quent came before the queen in one of her... had been brought before the queen by one of her ministers. Uh, and he had offered to outfit the entire army with these weapons. As was also referenced in the letter. And that she... and that... She, uh, and that Anna was very happy that the queen had said... had basically laughed in his face and said no. But for him to have made that offer and to also be fueling what is here is more concerning and it speaks to the, a much wider web. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Melian, perhaps you would share what you saw in the bandit camp at the boats. Mm. It was simply that while I was in disguise I saw that the bandits are collaborating with Jasper Quentin, that they are loading these same, selfsame weapons into a black ship, which then sails into the city of Dromerhal to deliver, presumably, these weapons. But I also saw in the same band, self-same bandit camp, uh, what I took to be cultists wearing, and then he describes what the cultists were wearing, because in this case Brian actually does not remember what like black robes and like a mask. They had like man. blue masks, I think? Yeah. 
Let me pull up some of those details. My brain is telling me that they wore blue robes and bear skull masks. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yes. Blue robes, bear skull masks. Yeah. These these monks, we think, are linked to some event many years ago. Many, many years ago. A long, cold winter. 200 years ago. I do not know if you know of the event. I am not from here and I'm unfamiliar with it. But it ties into some other strange things that we have heard. Hmm. She she sort of thinks about it. Nothing rings a bell. But that does not mean that it is not true. You are an honorable knight. And I thank you for all the information that you've shared. Sir Jared does have an emissary. He has aligned himself with a filthy druid. A druid, you say? Indeed. One who has taken his perversions beyond himself and seeks to warp the wildlife in the Darkling Forest. Do you mean those monstrosities that we saw back there were a result of him? We found a... a... a journal which would indicate that the druid believes that this was an external force. But after being subjected to that force, he came to align with it. Just as all druids are weak. There's this really confused look on Fulgrim's face, because he is under the impression you're a druid, but he's not going <laughs> to say anything. Just probably wise for his part. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. How to make Melian lose his shit in three seconds or less. <laughs> Step one, call him a druid. You're a druid, Melian! <laughs> the druid that was with Sir Jared, he has a master who we know very little about, but that he has, he his master is associated with cold. And it may be unrelated, but we have learned about an entity known as the Frost King, who seeks to turn all of Ibris to ice. An entity, you say? Is, is he a, a powerful wizard? A... He is not from Ibris. And I don't know exactly what that means, but it seems that this... Frost King came during the time of the Eltharans. While Cory is revealing this, Melian leans over in his saddle towards uh, Fulgrim and is like, do not fret if you do not understand this part, for I do not hide. <laughs> Fulgrim will crack a smile and sort of like give you like a little like curt nod. Anna will look at you and go, I, to be honest, from beyond Ypres, from, do you mean from the islands? What What do you mean? Uh, do, do you mean from beyond the elf gates? I don't entirely know. I... This information was given to us by a ghost that we encountered deep in the Tenorian Abbey. In the shielded crypts. 
was one that spoke to Faileth and asked us to slay this monster. Oh, if only Jovan were here. He had a facility with such things that the yes. two of us lack. I do miss him greatly. He would explain this much better than I. I fear I'm getting it all muddled. Did this ghost give you any leads? Anything that you could... Yes. We must find the Fractal Tower, which appears in Dwemer Hollow, I believe, but is hard to find. It's formerly known as the Nerulus Tower, after a powerful Iltharan mage. I do not know how we will find the tower, but the tower will have information on the Frost King, his true name, and what weaknesses he may have. She sort of pauses, and she looks like she's thinking. And then she says, How long ago did you say that this spirit was last... Not spirit, but this Frost King was last active? Do we know that? Is it associated with the 200 years ago long, long winter? I don't have them connected in my notes, but that could be an oversight. Yeah, before the uprising of the Blue Monk. So, Veter happened some three or four hundred years ago. And mm-hmm. then the Blue Monks happened some two hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. No, you guys never learned that. Yeah, no. okay. I didn't think so either. I'm afraid we do not know when it was last active. This is something we have only learned of recently, while we were helping the people of Barrowman's. There is much research to be done when we return to Dwemer Hollow, and unfortunately, our friend Jovan is no longer with us to help with that. I do not know how we will find the information we seek without his assistance. How did you find out that you had more information to seek? How did you receive direction? We have an unknown benefactor. Do you mean about the Frost King, or in general? Uh, She looks... Like, wide-eyed and very inquisitive and interested in this unknown benefactor? A secret benefactor? Indeed. How, how, how do they converse with you? This is just like... She looks super excited. They have been sending us letters from, perhaps one would say, beyond time? I think I read a novel like about this. About something like this. How? Oh. Please, tell me more. Well, the... City of the town of Barrowman's had a letter in their archives it was addressed to us, and the, that letter speaks of another letter that we will find in Lord Buchanan's archives uh, in a certain year. I would have to consult the letter to remember which year. Lord Buchanan's archives, the Buchanan Indeed. family's archives. Yes. I wonder. Alicia married into the Buchanan family, in some ways against the wishes of her own family. Part of that was because there is a stain on his family tree. I find such a thing hard to credit. He seems a most upright man, and the two seem happy together. Oh, no, uh, it's superstitious stain. You see, divine power, the calling of the gods, that is acceptable for someone of noble blood and birth but arcane power that is often seen in a more negative light you see lord buchanan's great grandfather or great grandfather his brother was a diviner of great power did his name happen to start with an a yes 
the letters we have been receiving have been cryptically signed with an A-B. Alistair Buchanan. I spent some time learning about... How do I put this? Uh, I spent a great deal of time learning about the different family trees of our fair kingdom and of the different great houses, and I spent a considerable amount of time reviewing our family tree and those trees that are connected to us, and I became greatly interested in Alistair Buchanan. He lived 150 years ago, I think, but he disappeared after a great battle in Dwemer Hollow, in which it was said that he was victorious and they celebrated him, but that he said that what he had defeated would rise again. And he disappeared a few years later. I think there's a local song uh, about it, though I must have only heard it as a child. I, I, I think it was something about a snow beast. Cass, is that kind of... Would that drive at all with the accounts we had from Vitor about the thing that caused all the snow and that wiped out the army? That would jive with what you heard. It would also jive with a bardic inspiration tale, a story from the spirits that Faileth got back when you were in Dwemer Hollow, but she got the story about a dwarven fighter, if I remember correct, who uh, was part of the Battle of Frost's Folly. Hmm. Okay. That's very interesting. It reminds me strongly of what we heard from Lord Veter, the ghost that Faileth spoke to that told us of the Frost King that brought the winter and wiped out the army. The, the Frost King that he wishes us to destroy. And you say Buchanan said that it would return and he disappeared and perhaps now we receive letters from him? I wonder I have wondered why he brought us to Dwemer Hollow and I thought it was to save the children. But maybe I am wrong. Melian. Well, saving the children will definitely be part of it. Yes. Oh, certainly. We must, we must, must save the children. If this entity, if this Frost King, as you call it, intends to cover the world in ice, then no child will be safe. Indeed. So perhaps he did call you, but perhaps there are links between all these things, things that tie them together and bind them. Some of the threads do seem to become very tangled. Like... A ring, perhaps. Hmm. Each a different stage or part of some nefarious plot. Yes. As you are to be the Duchess of this area, and as we head to Dwemer Hollow, perhaps we should also tell you that there is a strong connection to the Cult of Bliss residing in Dwemer Hollow. You had briefly mentioned them earlier. I have heard of them. My mother sent aid south during the Blissful Rebellion, but I had thought that they were eradicated. I had hoped that myself, and yet, during our investigations here, we seem to have 
uncovered some of their works. We have killed one of their cultists. More have escaped. More still had passed through Barrowman's before we had even arrived. I do not know exactly what it is that they seek to do. We have gathered a deal of information about it, but I don't believe we have all the pieces. But in Dwemer Hollow is a man known as Witchmaster Marcos Paradimos, I believe. I have that right. And he has been relaying messages for the Cult of Bliss. And he is expecting a report from one of the cultists who was, seemed anyway, chiefly responsible for what had happened at the Tenorian Abbey and to the people of Barrowman's. You see her breathe in. She pulls herself up more, and you get a bit more of that regal bearing behind her. Anyone that harms my subjects will pay. If you do capture this man, I would ask that you bring him before me. If you cannot, then please dispense my justice. I believe we all have a great deal of work cut out for us when we arrive in Dwemer Hollow. And I hope that we can help each other while we are there. I know that this is much to ask, but once I have seen how the council is, I will need allies that I can depend on. And she looks at you, Melian, and then she looks at Quarry, and she even glances back at Faileth. I will be seeing to the commons, and to ensure that the council, or those members of it that wield power that should not, do not cause further damage. So I would ask that you swiftly handle these issues. And if there is anything that I can do to help, I will gladly aid you. But I fear we go into troubled times soon, that things will be far harder than we expect. May he may preserve us. I think you are right. Every time we turn over a stone, we seem to find more. More to do, more, more people that need help, more clues that lead us to other plots. It is growing far more complicated and more difficult with every step that we take. But I believe that we are all, and Cory looks at Melian and Faileth and looks back at the princess and even shoots a glance at Fulgrim, I believe that we are all committed to seeing this to the end, to helping to save the children. To stop the Cult of Bliss. Perhaps even put an end to this Frost King, if that is what we are here to do. We have been called here for a purpose. And may the Triadrian watch over that purpose and see it through as they design. And as Anna sort of says that, your conversation it can continue a little bit more. And over the next few days, you may talk more. Are you guys going to share any of this with Fela? I'm first. I'm curious. Did Melian get out of swearing to not reveal the princess's identity, or did I miss oh, yeah. that? Nobody asked me about it at all. Yeah, no one asked him. Okay. It was an, probably an oversight on the princess's part, or maybe she just... Trusts him that much. Yeah. You, who knows? Who even knows? Gross. Horrible. <laughs> oh, I love Fela. The worst. Okay. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. 
<laughs> of course she's a bloody princess. I don't know. How much would we tell Faileth? Well, currently, Melian is still operating under the previous uh, agreement, which was that we weren't going to leave Faileth out of this. Oh, well, and Melian hasn't been sworn to secrecy. Quarry right. can't reveal <laughs> anything about the princess to Faileth. So, uh, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about that. I guess the ball's kind of in Melian's court. Uh, yeah, Melian is not cool. He is not the type of person to leave an ally out. So Melian will wait until they're settling for the night and then take Faileth like, out into the wilderness and be like, hey, this is something that must be kept secret. However, it shouldn't be kept secret from a companion. You should be aware that our traveling companions are not what they seem. She gets really excited for a second. Uh, the, the reason that they travel together is that Anna is actually the rightful ruler of these lands, and she, thus she travels with a protector, as is her right and probable need. Faileth legit just bursts into tears. It's been a really long day. Faileth, it is, it is fine. I know it's fine. She can be a bloody princess all she likes. Why are you crying? I'm not crying. Oh, all right, then. So then we all have right no problems. Then. No, we don't. Oh, Everything's right. great. Well, then, I would offer you a hug if something were wrong, but... As you appear to, to be all right, yep. I will perhaps leave you to it then. Okay. Oh, Phyllis. Yep, she's super secure. What? Uh, Absolutely no abandonment issues. Incredibly Not difficult all. day. Has been a wild emotional roller coaster for Phyllis. Been a big day for Phyllis, yeah. And you guys just thought it was going to be another travel session. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get as much flirting as I. I had anticipated. Yeah, I'm feeling like we lost out here. I know. I mean, it just wasn't... I know. This wasn't a session that was particularly conducive to that. No. I feel bad. Fela's so emotionally wrong. Meanwhile, Quarry's feeling like, oh, good, I got the lad off my chest, and now, like, we've talked to somebody in authority, and, like, we've got them on our side. Things are going really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Quarry's not wrong. <laughs> She's not seeing things from Fela's perspective. No. And why should she? She's not a 15-year-old girl who was raised by a ghost mom. Yeah. Surprisingly, few people are. <laughs> that is surprising. Yeah, who knew? Faileth, Melian, Kawari, you guys will spend the next day or two traveling, and you will arrive at Dwemer Hollow. And this will be where we end tonight's session. Listening to Roll with Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. Don't worry. I have little piggy plants. There's <laughs> the best pig. I love my pig. He's so wonderful.
called? Um, Quinoa? No, no. Uh, <laughs> it's like... Okay, cat, you cannot sit there. That's my microphone. No, move. Go away. <laughs> you can't be there. <laughs> That's not a place you can sit. <laughs> you have to move. Sasha, should Bella's, we, should we Bella's move doing to, like, the foley for. Bella's doing the foley for my pig. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's gone. You guys can do your thing. No, go stop. <laughs> I lied. All right, I'm muting for a minute. Do some stuff. Well, perhaps evil is overstating it. She certainly likes to kiss me at Thanksgiving. Also, Sasha, you almost made me cry. That was very moving. Can't do it without Cass. Yeah. All right, who wants to spill the beans to a princess? It's you. Quarry. I do, you I do. You big scene yet. Mm-hmm. I guess Quarry stops the cart. Wait, so wait, can I just just interrupt for a second? Are we not? I thought Quarry and I were riding our own horses, and then there was a, a horse attached to the cart, which is pulling Bailiff, oh. Marsh, and Trent. So essentially, usually Trent or Marsh is is driving the cart. Quarry's always, or not Quarry, Bailiff is already always riding in the cart, and Quarry and Lillian are on their own horses. Sorry, hey, Becca. Are on their own horses. I remember that being what we said in the very first travel episode. Or that. Th- or may- maybe even when we left Dwemer Hall. Uh, when we left Barrowman's. But mm. then, if I remember correct, last episode, I think I accidentally said that you only had one horse. Which we can retcon. And we can. Yeah, it, it would oh, make yeah, sense for you guys to have horses. We only had one horse, and then... And they had two uh, horses. Anna's horse. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But small details happen. <laughs> small details happen. And yes, you. The, it would have made sense for you guys to have three horses. Okay. Mm-hmm. In that case, I do not stop the whole wagon. My name. Give me one moment where I navigate back to the name. Is <laughs> lightning strikes, she explodes. <laughs> no! <laughs> Better or worse than bathing? Uh, you know, I'd be hard pressed to. Oh! Because nothing is worse than bathing. Nothing. <laughs> I was going to say that I'd be hard pressed to quantify her loathing of bathing, so. Hmm. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Yeah, Melian's got it pegged. Horses are just something she's not good at. She would try. She doesn't mind. Bathing is just. No, absolutely not. I can't wait for Faelith to get something like Phantom Steed and be going around with a ghost oh, horse instead. Ghost horse! <laughs> yes! Do I get Phantom Steed? Is that in my spell block? I thought that was a it wizard spell. Now. Don't you get arcane secrets at one some point? Oh, yeah! And then you awesome. could use, like, Phantom Steed is, I would definitely say, not the most powerful choice, but it would be no. certainly, like... Very on it would be point. so on brand. Yeah. 
You want me to read something, do you? You want me to tell the listeners that next week is the start of campaign two? Well, I have a better topic. I must warn them about the moon. Beware the moon. Beware the advent of the age of the moon is coming.